is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. Radio City Talk. Hello, welcome to this week's show with me, Peter McParton, to join the studio with my Matt Jones. What a week. What a week, Matt. Been a pretty decent week. The weekend was um, one of Everton's best without actually kicking a ball. <laughs> says a lot, doesn't it? Really? Actually, uh, g- genius by someone at Everton Football Club for once. Um, obviously, no game because uh, we were supposed to play in the mid-side derby and obviously Liverpool were... We're playing Manchester City in the uh, Capital One Cup, mm. and so we had no game. Quarter to five, a announcement comes up that basically Everton had been um, taken over. I suppose it's not it's not that's not necessarily the right terminology, but mm. taken over, and um, it, it was just like a bolt out of the blue. I couldn't believe it. I was um, I was out. I went to watch some of the some of the rugby with, with one of my mates and. Uh, Got a few text messages through and I thought people were winding me up at first, but we'd all, all seen the stories, haven't we, on Friday about how the, you know, there was reports that the Americans had backed away from it, there was a, a new mystery investor coming in, and it all moved so quickly, and it, it just wasn't really very like Everton, and in, in most things we do, we seem to drag things out, there's a lot of rumours here, rumours there, and it was just, it was just remarkable to see something this big get done in such ruthless fashion, and then when you hear about you know the stories emerge and how it's they've they've been talking to this fella behind the scenes for eighteen months. They've been striking up conversations. Martin has already met him. You think have, have they kept this under wraps for so long? So yeah, it's it's great credit really, and I think it's something that does bode well for the future that, that it was done in such a ruthless and, and clinical way. Yeah, you say that eighteen months. You get the feeling that like you know every time Everton played Arsenal, they was probably like cozy <laughs> enough to him having a little conversation. You know, yeah. like. Can picture the scene almost like someone trying to get trying to trying to go meet someone across the dance floor, just trying to sneak <laughs> over and get the eyes meeting, trying to get the odd word of yeah. them, you know, trying to catch his catch his eye, uh, you know, either that or you know, just some kind of like billionaire app, you know, swipe, <laughs> swipe, <laughs> swipe, two Americans swipe, and in the end we got the one we wanted. But uh, you, as you say, I mean, there, there was talk on Friday night of of something happening. Um, it looked like it was the Yanks weren't going to be coming in, and um, lo and behold, Everton announced it. You know, Saturday, and as you say, it was like a ball from the blue. And you know, this this gentleman, um, Farhad Mashiri, comes in, and and you know, he's buying forty nine point nine percent of the club, and uh, and it just what for me, I think you know, there's been a lot of question marks um, about him not owning, you know. A control and stake mm. in the club. Um, a lot of people have made, or some people in some newspapers have made a big deal out of that. And oh, what does this mean? It's weird. It doesn't make any sense. But for me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think anyone who's around the club understands that this makes perfect sense because what it's done is we 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 can all be excited that we've got a new billionaire um, man at the helm, even though he's not technically at the helm. But for anyone, for anyone, any doubters out there, it, it leaves them sort of thinking. Well, the Bill Kenwright's still the chairman. It, yeah, I mean him and him and the other him and John Woods and the other shareholders are technically still in control of Everton Football Club. If if anything needs to be voted down, and and it's like it's the best of both worlds. That's you know that's what it that's what it feels like as uh, in in terms of PR. That's it. And it was almost unanimous, you know. 
everyone was unanimously excited, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, you gave your reaction on social media, but there's, I don't think I saw one person who wasn't potentially excited about, about this, this deal and the way it was going to go forward. Because, like you said there, I think... I think it's an inevitability that Machiri will take a full control, well, uh, not a full stake, a, a controlling stake yeah. in the club further down the line. But the fact that, I think last week actually we spoke about how, how important it is sometimes to have links in the club to a, a you know a regime which is st- uh, was, was stable and successful in the past and that's exactly what he's going to have there with, with Bill Kenwright working alongside him. He's going to have someone who, who knows the club inside out. He's been immersed in, in, in Everton for, 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 you know, he's been immersed in the ownership for the best part of two decades now. And having having him there still, anyone who, who will have lingering concerns about the club moving into this this, this brave new era with a, with a billionaire and, you know, people who might say, careful what you wish for, you know, they've got the stability there of Ken Wright. And then everyone who wants the club to push forward, show a bit more ambition, they, they've got a, a, a man who's come in now who's obviously very, very rich. He's mm-hmm. got a great reputation and he's someone who reading between the lines because I don't think that many people know too much about him really um, he's obviously he was obviously involved at Arsenal but he wasn't really heavily involved in, in, in the board and the day to day running yeah. but from what you, you can tell what you can read between the lines what you, you're getting from the press he seems like someone who's fiercely ambitious and is willing to, to, to get his, well to, to get stuck into a new project and and that it, it brings it all together really doesn't it and, and as the words you mentioned there it, it seems like a, a perfect deal for everything yeah I mean he I think he got he grew frustrated at Arsenal. He couldn't, yeah. you know, he was part of um, red and white holdings. He couldn't get any sort of foothold in the club. Arsenal's a very complicated club. It's got it's got people vying for for the ownership, and no yeah. one can get a full grasp of it because so many people want to get you know the full amount, and it, it's not really. It, it's it's actually it's not <laughs> used the way crippling would be too far too far, but in a world in a world. Um, it's stopping. It's stopping that Arsenal going forward. Mm. Actually, um, and I think he's probably just grown frustrated. Obviously, his mate um, Uzmanov's still there, and obviously, there's talk of he, it could potentially open the door for him. I'm not so sure about that because he sold yeah. the shares to him, so he's obviously he's obviously looking to uh, to to maybe get more of a more of a foothold in Arsenal himself. And but you know, this guy's got one point three billion pounds apparently that's so, just his, that's just his personal worth as well that's not including any of his business assets or anything like that so don't don't, don't do it to me and, he, he, and it's funny as well wasn't it because you've seen people making him out as if he's to be some kind of pauper yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> it i mean there's other people have got as much money as him and that's fair enough i understand that but you get the feeling that this fella wants to do something with a football club and sees everton ripe for uh to to just take I mean the whole we don't know the whole deal at the moment because you don't know you know he's come in he hasn't bought the club lock stock and barrel so you don't know what's going to happen um, with the debts that yeah. are that are still on the, the stadium and and the club but you'd like to think something will happen with them sooner rather than later um, the stadium that's going to be a big big uh, discussion point going forward um, and also in bringing in his own men because. This guy's an accountant, and he didn't make that kind of money by, you mm. know, not being good at what he does and, and not having people around him. I mean, one of the reasons why he's worth so much is because, you know, Usmanov sort of pulled him into his circle, mm. and that's how he's made money. And you know, because um, it seems weird that an accountant's got. That, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, an accountant's yeah. got that much money, but he's very, very business savvy. And what you'd probably think is that the next few months, I think. From now to the end of the season, for me, I feel like they're just going to be like the bedding in period. 
we can't buy anyone. We can't really make any plans as such. I'm sure there will be plans, but there's no point making making plans or making them public. So what you do is this is the period where everyone scurries around like mad. That and I mean I mean that from top to bottom. That's players, manager, uh, chief executives, um, everyone. Scott now has to make the impression. Put a smile on your face there when you say that. I, I feel the same. It's, it's a, no, it's no, a good it's, thing, it's, isn't it? That? It's, a, it's, a, it's listen, a good thing. It's a brilliant thing. I'm not yeah. being funny, but I couldn't care less yeah. about about Robert Elston. I couldn't care less about John Stones. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less exactly about Roberto same. Martinez. Yeah. I, I'm just picking those three names at random there. There's nothing in those three <laughs> names. But those people have to prove to themselves that they're, yeah. worth, they're worthy of Everton. And for far too long... Everton have been drifting along and almost being like thankful. I, even like I even feel like last night John Stones got on like as some kind of like please don't leave us. Mm. No, don't be like that. Hopefully we don't have to be like that. Everyone has to work hard now to prove their worth. And I, there are people at the club that should that should be out the door before their, te- their feet even touch the ground because of mm. because of deals that have been done that decisions that have been made at Everton Football Club. And I hope that happens because we should have, we should strive now. And it's something we should be striving for for the last 20 years mm. is the best of the best. You know, the motto on the badge, you know, yeah. it, it, you know that doesn't hasn't been a dear to. And okay, you can only ask, your standards can only be, I suppose, what you can pay for at a club. You know, you can only, you can only have a certain, I suppose... Uh, at every level of the club, it's like the players. You can only you can only attract or buy a certain calibre, and I suppose that's the same at every level. Chief executive, commercial managers, um, whatever it is, if you can only offer a certain salary, you're only going to get a certain calibre. Mm. But hopefully that that'll change now. And I really hope this fella, you know, brings in his own people or or has people in mind. Don't get me wrong, there are things happening at the club already. The club appointed a um, uh, three new people in the com- commercial department. Mm. And we're starting to see fruits of that, even if Avon Tyres doesn't excite <laughs> you. Yeah. But we're starting to see stuff. Like, that's the stuff, though, yeah, isn't it? You, yeah. know, you, look, at, you look at Man United, United, and yeah. you, look at, you look at the board behind them, you look at all the different sponsors. They have got, you know, they have got a, a, a Asian nut <laughs> official supply. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But if you get money off them and money off someone else, and that all stuff, and what you'll find as well is a lot of the other deals... When once they once they run out, they'll be replaced. Hopefully, by better ones. Uh, you know the likes of Chang. I mean, let's be honest. Chang's all. It's an awful beer for a start. <laughs> it's awful. I don't couldn't care less. It's awful. Um, <laughs> and I don't care how cute those elephants are. I don't. I'm not really interested. <laughs> Lovely, I, I want it? a top. Is it a fountain or a tree in the middle of them? I never been able to tell. It's never been explained, has he? Um, I want a top <laughs> company who pays top wage. On the front of our share, that's yeah. what I want. I t- do you know what I mean? Got a want- Chevrolet or something like that. Yeah. You know, but- I want I want top deals. I want I want money to be. Co- Look at Man City. Man City were a club 10, 10, 15 years ago. No one better than I lived at them. Money come to get the stadium. Money comes in. Then more money comes in. Um, and then more money comes in. You know, then they start signing deals for the stadium, uh, for the kit, the uh, the build the the academy, the campus. Uh, they're getting Chinese yeah. money in. Money flows to money. It's as simple as that. And that's that's the way Everton should be looking. If it, it will all start adding up, people will want to be associated with it. If if you know this t- goes the way we want it to go, I mean, there's no there's no reason it will. Hmm. Um, but the other thing I wanted to say on this is um, 
I don't necessarily think it needs like Man City money thrown at it. I think it needs more like Spurs money. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Spurs are owned by a billionaire. He sits there quite ni- nicely in the Bahamas on his boat <laughs> and just sits there and just and just provides for the business to run well. And that's what he does. And if this fella had done the same, made sure the top people were in the top positions of the club, uh, made sure that um, the club was running well, you know, get he's getting a new stadium, for helping them get a new stadium if this guy can do the same mm. for us, then Everton should be all right. Because we've, we've done okay considering the, we've got no money so if we have a little bit of money and, and the club's getting run well then we should do well that's it I don't think there's, there's a need to, to tear it up and start again obviously in, in some areas there is but I think he's based in Monaco is he Machiri I believe so I can't imagine him you know leaving the haven anytime soon why, why, why would you so but but it's, it's what you're saying there I think earlier in the season we were talking about how even even though Everton have, have you know the, the, they're not in the same sort of league in, in commercial and financial senses like the Spurs or Liverpool or Arsenal on them sides, sometimes you've got to you've got to project the image of a big club yeah. even if, if you're not. And it's it's all good saying that, but it must be quite hard to do it in all aspects, all, all facets of the club when you feel like you're on a little bit. You know you're not you're not quite up to the same standards as them in certain departments. Whereas now this fella coming in, it's clear that he wants to build a football club because otherwise he would have just sat at Arsenal club who were growing all the time self-sufficient making money and he would have just took his cut and that, that, that that's what he would have done he would have been happy to go on and do that so that shows me that he's not in this for the short term to begin with he's clearly got ambitions to, to be at the club for a long time and and yeah it's just the whole club now should have standards raised about it and you mentioned there the players the manager the fans as well, hopefully, will start thinking and dreaming a lot bigger. Will hold the players at the club to, to a higher standard, and that in itself is is, is a great thing because we, we we spoke about this season about how there seems to be everyone's just kind of happy to be at Everton. It's it, it's a nice club. They're not really going anywhere at this point, this moment, but it doesn't seem to matter very much. This fella, and I, I'm sure you've read the um, the, the the open letter to him and us not sent to the yeah. the, the, the uh, Arsenal shareholders. Um, uh, three years ago in 2012, this fella is fiercely ambitious and he's got plans and he's got ambitions. And going back to what you said at, at the start of, of, of your point there about how the stadium and the debt, he makes it abundantly clear in that that he wants to have a club which is debt-free yeah. and he wants to have a stadium which is not saddling the club with debt, which may in itself, I know we, we've, we've talked about this, this at length in the past, but you look at someone like the council, maybe that's where he might look to go in terms of the stadium now, but he's not looking to do that. Well, you, you mentioned that, um, you know, the letter. What He basically he says, you know, no debt, um, not mass, you know... The, and the fans The, the fans well. shouldn't yeah. pay for it either. He basically says, isn't he? <laughs> and I, this is, I mean, this is about Arsenal, so this is a different kettle of, maybe a different kettle of fish. But he basically said, the people who own Arsenal have got more money than we'd ever need. So why do we need the club salad with debt and why do we need the fans paying t- massive prices exactly. he basically says yeah. we should be put money into the club the club should be winning trophies buying the best players and it'll all, it'll all go round in a nice circle now hopefully he's got the same ambitions for Everton or, mm. or something similar where as fans it's not on us because if it is on us I don't know how far that'll take him because not very far exactly <laughs> Not you, you have to sort of <laughs> 
You'd have, you have to have continued success before you can get the day tippers. It's as simple as that. We don't have day but, tippers. But what I, what I will say as well is, <clears throat> reading up on him uh, today, it seemed as though he was quite heavily involved in the Arsenal Supporters Trust. And he did hold meetings with them and he'd look to give them... It gets you know, better and better, man. But, but, you know, but it, that, that in itself, you know, you look at... There seems to have been a wedge driven between the, the fans and the club the last, the yeah. la- over the last few years. You look at the... You know, the fans, the club, and then certain other sections of the fans as well, because you look at the planes going over, you know, there's, there's, there's discontent all the time on social media, you can hear it at the match sometimes. And then you look back to the, the shareholders meeting earlier this month when the when the club only answered seven or 47 questions, and you're thinking, this is not a good situation, yeah. there's no transparency at all. And, and we had the lads in from the... Uh, you have the supporters trust in it earlier in the season on the show, didn't we? And how they want to be getting more involved with, with the club in, in that sense and, and getting the fans' ideas across to them. And this is something that this fella, he mentions it in that open letter, and he's done it, I think uh, I think Phil Kegbride reported it in the Liverpool Echo, how he met with the Arsenal supporters trust on numerous occasions and looked to get their view on things, looked to have transparency in that area as well, which is absolutely vital. It's not rocket science. No. If you've got that much money and you know how to run businesses, then you run, you run the business. You make it. You make it. Um, you make it pay for itself. Mm. Not not other people pay for it. And suddenly, what you'll find is you'll get success on the pitch. It's as simple as that. It, yeah. It's not people. People buy football clubs, and they're too greedy, and they get it wrong, and they wonder why. You know, they wonder why it all goes wrong very quickly. Look at look at look at Aston Villa, for example. You know. <laughs> You've seen the scenes at the ground, yeah. and how there was a man who just put loads of money in at once, and and just didn't understand, didn't understand football, didn't understand that you can't just you can't just throw money at it. You've got to set the foundations. You've got to put the foundations in, and then and then build and build and build. Now we're in a really good position because I think we have got the foundations. Um, really well established foundations, and it's just about building on that and. As you, as you said, you look at the Premier League at the moment and it doesn't need, it doesn't need massive, um, I'm trying to think of the right way because it's not about investments, it's not about, I mean investment does need to be put on the pitch and off the mm. pitch, but it's just, it's just tweaks because the money will be coming in from the Premier League TV deal anyway. I, I honestly feel like if Everton can get a stadium, a, a, a good stadium, that, that could propel Everton into the top four or around the top mm. four or fighting for the top four every single season because I think once you get the stadium right then everything else will fall into place it's been that stadium mm-hmm. hanging around our neck for so long that is like it's just destabled the whole club on and off the pitch mm. you know whether it be the club trying to get one and then the fans um, obviously trying to Going to you know split over Kirby and then with Walton Park, we haven't even had a chance to be split. You know, <laughs> um, the fantasists out there like to believe that it's been ongoing, but it hasn't. It hasn't. It's not no. not happening. So I don't. But the good thing is now, um, sticking with the state. And the good thing is, yeah, you, you, I really hope that you know Liverpool Council came to Everton and said, right, we've got Walton Park. Now, number one, I I don't want to build on a park anywhere in this city. Mm. I don't like that idea you know parks where kids play football kids play football you know to get better and end up being footballers that's you know that's it that's it you know you said so you listen to Ross Barkley played on the mystery go and build ours on the mystery you don't have a Ross Barkley it's as simple as Mm. that Um, so I don't like the idea of that but I'm sure other sites were probably offered to Everton but Everton didn't have the money um, to, to take them now maybe 
I'm just saying maybe, I don't know. Evan can go back and look at those sites. You know, there might have been grade A, grade B, grade C sites. And mm-hmm. Walton Park <laughs> might be a grade C. And there might be there might be grade A's out there that, yes, Everton have to put money into, whether to buy the land, clear the land, um, help with, you know, um, infrastructure. I don't know, but I'm hoping they will. And then they've got money. I, I don't really want to move from Goodison Park, mm-hmm. but if someone offers me some fantastic site in a yeah. fantastic location. I mean, the obvious one is the King's Dock. I mean, if if if, if that space was still there, I'd be like, yeah, let's go to King's Dock. I'm not, I love Goodison, but let's go to King's Dock. So if something like that was was around, then I, I'd love to. It you know, it, it's far too tempting, yeah. and it and it just it creates such a fantastic image as well. That's the other thing. It, 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 it makes you look like a club that's actually going somewhere. Well, you, you can see that with, with with their stand, can't you? You, look, you every time you know Liverpool stand, every time you, you walk to the ground or walk past it, you think, oh god. But it's the the whole thing with the stadium now is like you mentioned, they're absolutely spot on in terms of different options because this fellow and his money and his don't forget it, his contacts in the business world as well, which he'll yeah. which he'll establish. Get someone else no, to pay for it. He's, he's best mates with one of the uh, you know the, the richest fellas in, in the world in Usmanov. He's going to have a, a rich array of contacts. You'll have uh, ways to get into sponsors, into deals. Who can people who can maybe build a stadium and, and help us. And so, that that all is all just going to be completely new for Everton, and that will open so many different doors. And this fellow will. You know, we said there, 18 months he's been, he's apparently been talking behind the scenes. He will know that the stadium is, is the main issue for Everton. And that was the, probably the main reason why the club has not been bought by somebody before him. And that is something he will surely address straight away. And uh, as you mentioned there, it, Goodson Park would be brilliant to redevelop. It would be great to stay there, build the ground up again and kind of preserve that spirit of home. But it's... If you get a new stadium and you can sell the rights to it, it's just a, it's a cash cow, isn't it? And you can make so much more money going forward on, it, on that basis. And also, you're not tied with, you know, you build a stadium, you're not t- you're not tied to with what you know. You've already mentioned there the money you get, so much more match day revenue. Mm. You're attracting, you're attracting a different kind of fan as well. Just mm. and not even a fan. You're just attracting corporate people who want to be seen at a ground or people who want to take. You know, people on business to to all these other opportunities of making money. That's it. I've, I've written before. Sixty five percent of our of our revenue is a uh, is TV money, yeah. and that, that that's something that he's going to have to yeah. going to have to change because you can't live hand to mouth on the well, television even, even money. Things like even things like you know, we a few years ago we were getting told we were building this thing in the car park, which is going to have a cafe in, which is going to have a, a, a larger shop and and all offices and open space up in the ground for more for more corporate places, and, and it, it fell through because you know. For one reason or another, they couldn't pa- they couldn't build on the car park for you know, <laughs> you know because because they didn't even own the land on the car park or it was mortgaged to the hills. But um, things like that they need to be addressed. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you know, kit kit bag. Whatever you think about kit bag, kit bag. was saying we need a bigger shop because you go you go to the shop after the game and people want to buy stuff and can't because they get there and the shop's full and they get turned away or they have to queue outside and yeah. you know it's, if it's a cold. Cold uh, evening after the, after the game, you know you're not going to stand outside the shop, are you? So so you know there's so many things that can be approved, improved at Everton, and let's just hope he, um, you know, we can get them improved very quickly in the short term. You know, if he if he does if he does decide we're moving away from Goodison Park, then find out the timescale, and if if it's four years, then let's 
let's still do something good so now let's put you know let's get the tours going let's get yeah. a cafe open let's get a new mega store open whatever it needs <laughs> it, those things in the short term will all help um, push us on and you know it's all, all those silly little things you know that's it it's just higher standards everywhere isn't it if, definitely if, if, that. If, if, if the club have got higher standards in all aspects of it does That'll eventually trickle down to the pitch, and that's what we—that's ultimately what we want to see, isn't it? We'll be going out and getting the best players, we'll have the best young players, we'll have our top players tied down to, to, to you know bumper bumper contracts, and that's that's ultimately what it's all about. If you raise your standards in every other aspect of the, of, of of the football club, it will show on the it pitch eventually. The, it takes the excuse away as well. It takes the excuse yeah. of being a little eleven going into away. a going into a gunfight with a knife. Exactly, it takes all that away. You suddenly you you puff your chest out, and you, you know all these people with money and new money West Ham and all that you know they're all they're all loading up at the moment but if we can be at the same party as them then happy days and, all, and, and the also thing is you know what <laughs> this has been lost in um, this has been lost somewhere because loads of people last week were saying oh I don't want to sell our soul and all this this is before this deal was done obviously don't want to sell our soul Everton's nickname used to be the Mersey Millionaires yeah. we were we were the big club with money you know that was us Exactly. You know, we went round. We, we went round and bought the best players. You know, we uh, after '66, we went and bought the best player in the tournament. You know, the World Cup, the team. You know, that that used to be Everton. People have forgotten that. But you, t- take the most extreme example of, of of these takeovers in Manchester City. I don't think they've lost the soul. No, I don't. You know, people always point to them and go, oh, they're, "They're a club. They've got mercenaries playing for them. They've got, you know, they've got players who are on, on, on massive money, and, and you know, they've got this this stadium they can't fill. They've basically regenerated the whole area yeah. of, of of the city there with, with, with what, what they've come in. They're shaking on, on, you know, they've got the. Um, I can't think the City Academy where they're, they're sweeping up all the best young players from that region. They've built schools. We've got access to all these facilities. That's not losing your soul. That, that's enriching the whole community yeah. and, and, and giving something back. And granted, you know this fellow who's coming for us has not got anywhere near the kind of wealth that they have. But if you can do just get even small things like that that get those those things in motion, as well as bringing in big players and and, and getting that balance right, then that that's what we all want to see. Yeah, <laughs> and just, someone someone sent me a question to ask Mitch Roberts on Twitter. He said, "Do you not do you not think Usmanov will come over as part of this deal eventually?" I don't, I don't know. And listen, I know a lot of people are making this, and it's it, it is almost. There was there were a few reports coming out there weren't there, from from, uh, from Russia on Friday about it. About... Easy, I think that's easy journalism. That I think that's just that's he. But it was before the, it was before the takeover even happened. I don't know. I don't know. I, listen, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it happened either. I'd I was love being it. devil's I'd advocate. Love it. Yeah. Oh my god! But I love it. He's one <laughs> yeah. of the richest men in the world. It would be nice. But listen, he's an Ars- He's he's Arsenal. He's an. Ar- and do you know what? Do you know one of the thing, things about these businessmen is the the they are they're so driven. They're so driven. It's what gets them in where they want to be in the first place. They're so driven to win. You know, it's it's not just about the money. It's about winning. Um, and and Usmanov strikes me as someone who wants to win Arsenal. He wants to win Arsenal. He wants to take control. Mm. He doesn't want to give up on them. Um, and I think that's the difference. I think he he wants to take over Arsenal and he wants to make Arsenal the biggest club in the world or the best club in the world, mm. whatever. He, he and he's not being allowed to. And I don't think he's prepared to walk away from that just at this point. So. If he does, he does. But just off the final point on this is obviously the forty nine percent, forty nine point nine percent. You know, I think you mentioned it before. I think, I think that'll that'll steadily grow. Yeah. And one thing, and um, 
again mention someone John Blaine on uh, John Blaine who was the uh, head of the Everton Independent shareholders. Um, he be, you know there was an article the other day questioning the deal and saying, well, if he's bought this many shares and that many shares, it doesn't all add up. Uh, it was from uh, it's from Dominic King. In well, the Daily Mail, yeah, in the it? mail, yeah. yeah. And I think the Echo had something similar with Joe Beardwood. Um, and 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 John uh, John Blaine just said to me, those numbers don't the the numbers they are saying and are wrong. Hmm. He's saying that those those basic facts of how many independent shareholders are wrong. So if they're wrong, then something else exactly. is wrong. Then something else is wrong. He said it's it's nonsense. And he said the only person who sells his shares are him, and the only person <laughs> who sells someone else's shares are the person who owns it. There's yeah. not there's not there's not a there's not a body that sells them. Yeah. Well, I think. I think what will happen is once the Premier League's ratified the deal, I think there will be a bit more transparency in terms of the, the figures around it all, and we might learn a, lot, a bit more about that. Because at the moment, as uh, with a lot of the reports that have been going around since the takeover, it is reading between the lines, trying to trying to take away what we can from from from, you know, from what we know, but we don't really get the full picture yet. So I expect more details to come out. This about is that the soon. This, this is this is the bedding period. This is the bit where he gets to know us and we get to know him, mm. and there's uh, the, the 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 friendly. Face of mm. Bill Ken might have back it all up, mm. and and that's it. That's all it is. And then once, once maybe the summer or or I don't know, whatever, whatever, t- whenever the times right, this guy will go out and buy someone else's shares. He'll go and buy, you know, um, John Woods' shares, or he'll buy Bill some of Bills, mm. whatever it takes. He might only buy, might buy another, like another four percent, might mm. whatever it takes. But he'll get over that. He'll get over the top, and then and once he's done that, the only I think the only disappointing thing out of the whole deal is we just we're not gonna see the likes of Justin Bieber wearing Everton kits <laughs> and um, Sylvester Stallone. We won't have a, a half-time chatting for for Rocky or anything like that. I'm gutted about that. Mr. Ailes uh, departed and uh, well, you said that. took all his plans. Took all the positivity out of me now, saying yeah. that. See? See, you just never thought, did you? You never thought to be a downside to this to this takeover. And if the, everyone goes off to the uh, to the European Super League, it might be the richest club in the, in the division uh, as well. Super League's nonsense. Um, <laughs> although, although um, if we build a new super stadium, then Justin Bieber can come and play. Uh, and then oh, t- you'd be happy for that. And yeah. then Tony Bellew can have a fight there as well. Mm-hmm. And Rocky can come over to watch him. And it, and we're all laughing. It all kind of that's how com- it all comes, all comes back. back around. Yeah, and that's how it all comes back around. See, see, I've, I, yeah. Maybe might might get you in, mate. It's like <laughs> well, you, you know. know what, mate. I think I think I think yeah. <laughs> I think you know. I think that's something that should have happened five years ago. But you know, I'm available. Just give me a call. You can be like Oshman off, and then you can get me in eventually. Is like the, the machinery, and we can we can make our billions. You have, you have to cut your hair first, mate. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on to uh, matters on the pitch. Uh, last night, obviously Aston Villa away, a game that you don't get many of these games anymore. I call them San Marino games. You don't get many okay. in the Premier League, but last night was definitely one. <laughs> I was so confident there's no way we were going to get beat, and even in winning, I was still disappointed. Mm. In a, in a in a way, I don't want to be like, I don't want to sound like you know, moody or anything. But I thought we were rubbish. Seriously. I thought we were rubbish. I thought we just won the game without. Uh, it wasn't even like getting out of second gear. I just thought we were rubbish. We didn't even have to be good to beat Aston Villa. It was too easy, wasn't it? In a way, it was like. I know when we were speaking last time about this game and how we we were keen for us to, to get an early goal and, and get after them, but the early goal kind of seemed to just it was like oh that's it now, yeah. and, and their fans kind of knew it was over. Our fans seemed to, our fans were thinking about being rich. They weren't really <laughs> focusing on the game. 
we scored, and it just seemed to be like, oh, that's it now. And and they they came back into it, didn't they? They had a few shots. Yeah. Robles made a, a few decent saves. And then once we got that second goal, that, that definitely was it then. And the whole game, you know, the referee might try to blew the whistle then, hadn't he, and, and, and called it off. It was but, a strange game. It was almost like we didn't have to get out of second gear, so we're not going to get out of second mm. gear. But that disappointed me, to, to that, be honest. That has caught us out of time this season, yeah, exactly. hasn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been dangerous. And against, a be- against a better team, you know, Bournemouth. That, that's what that's what was worrying me. Uh, I get called negative, but you know you've got to take the le- you've got to learn the lessons, haven't you, of previous games? And you know that's it. We're raising the standards, aren't we? Exactly. We're raising all the standards. You've got to start looking at these things and thinking, you know, if we're gonna if, if we're gonna build on someone and we're gonna look to it for a bright future, you've got to start being a little bit more critical when it comes to these sorts of players. And I, I wrote a piece about Luke Harker last week saying I wanted him to be more than a great goal scorer. I wanted to be an all round striker, and I got pelters for it because I wanted to be better. But you look at a performance like this as well, and you think that Liverpool beat these six 0 the other week, and you know they're, they're, Liverpool on a great side. And, and all it took was a couple of early goals, and they crumbled. And we scored goals pretty much at the same sort of times. Liverpool in, in the game, if I remember rightly, they scored early and they scored after about twenty minutes. Then they got the third after half time, and I thought, here we go, five, six, maybe even seven. Here we. We keep going, bring on someone like Gerard Delafe, you bring on the ass and, and, and go for them and just, just get after them. Because they weren't bothered at that point. It was only after we sat back, we brought on John Stones, started playing it round the, the back between Jack Yelkin and Maury and, and Barry dropping in just really slow. That was only, the only time they really grew in confidence in the game. Do you know what? The thing that annoyed me, I know there'll be people sitting there going, you, what are you on about? We got three points. No, we got three points, but we're playing Aston Villa. They are awful. And I mean awful. The thing that annoyed me was that the, <laughs> Villa was so simple to play against. You just had to get down the flanks. They had three at the back and three sitting in front of them. That was that that the three sitting in front of them actually were the ones breaking a lot of our play up, and that's how, that's how they um, were breaking so much once we'd gone one nil up. And it's just like get it down the wings. Mm. Just we will beat them. Every time we will score, every other time we, we had two wingers on as well. Exactly, <laughs> we will score every other time we go down the wing. If you go down the wings, and for some reason we weren't doing it, we were just persisted in being pass, 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 pass. And you're just thinking, "Oh, lads, come on!" Mm. I, I know you just do this all day, and this is what you're told to do. But come on, someone just break ranks and start being a little bit more direct. That's it. it. That's just gonna, that's exactly that was the word I was just going to use because you look at the three goals we scored. You know, one was from a set piece, the other one was from a fast counter attack, and the other one was when it when it came back out after mm-hmm. the set piece. And you think of the, the chances that we had in the game as well, Luke Harker said that came from a long ball forward. He, he won the flick on it and we went from there. And mm-hmm. they're a team that they've shown so often this season that if you just put them under pressure, keep putting them under pressure, then they're gonna crack. And it doesn't yeah. take much for them to crack. And when you knock it around your back four give it into midfield, come back out again really slow and you, you give them time to settle. As, as Manchester City did against them early in the season at home, they can get settled in and they, and they can stop you from playing. So, yeah, as you mentioned there, just just take a few more chances on the ball, get it up the pitch, squeeze them, but we just didn't really do that at all. You know, you can call me negative if you want, but I want a date. Seriously, mm. I want a date. I wanted, I wanted, Why not? I wanted us to just go and keep going and keep going and... I want that hunger and I don't we need to have that hunger in the team we need more of that we need players who are willing to say do you know what lads these are terrible let's go and get a cricket score against them mm. let's embarrass them you know I'm not I, I want to I want to embarrass teams I want to be 3 nil up with 25 minutes to go you know you said you know he brought stones on weird I don't know why he brought stones on very odd one why didn't he bring Nias on at the same time and I don't know. If, do you know what? If he brought Stones on, 
because it looked like he was bringing them on in centre midfield. If he brought Stones on in centre midfield, that would have been really interesting. That to just say, say, took Barry off, put Stones in there, and just add a little look just at see, it. Because yeah. the back two at the moment, uh, two centre backs are looking looking pretty good. So if he wants to find somewhere for Stones to play, if he put him in that centre midfield position at three and all, I think that would have made it really interesting. Just seeing what Stones has got in there. You know, we've seen Eric Dyer at um at Spurs. He's not not the same kind of player, but is but young and adjusted to the role. And it would have been nice if Stones could have done that. Because that's a little that's a role that you can imagine Stones would be really good at. You know, he, yeah. he is he can play a lot with the ball, he he's got movements all around him, then not just in front of him. And I think um that would have been interesting, but he chose not to do it. He played him in a three, which so to just took Lennon out the game. Was kind of at right back, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was weird. I, I didn't get that. And we've seen him in that position before, haven't we? He's, he's not we, a very good right we, back. No, we we know he's, he's not. He's he's not very comfortable in that position. Yeah. But I, I completely I found that weird. Yeah, completely. Why, why? It's just it was just an odd, really odd substitution. <laughs> and and you know, usually when you're in that position in the game, you don't mess around with your defence, do you? You bring you bring fresh legs in up front and try and stretch it and get even more. And just, I was looking at players like. Ross Barkley and Lukaku, and you think, you know, they've both got good goal tallies this season, to be fair, and you think, why why isn't Lukaku thinking I should be getting a hat-trick here against these? Why isn't Barkley thinking I can I can go and get a brace? So, yeah, it's, it feels a bit mad slagging them off because we've uh, because we've won. And, and there, were, there were some positives in there. I thought, no. thought Funes Mori had a good game. Yeah. I thought uh, Aaron Lennon played well again. Um so there were some positives from it, but I, I want to I see us doing more. I want to see us going there and just taking them apart. Well, I'll come back to Funes Money in a moment, but it was it was because of that last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes, we were <laughs> terrible. Mm. And they scored. And they nearly scored again. And you're just thinking, if they've got it back to 3-2 with 10, 10 minutes to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was nervy with two minutes to go 3-1. Never mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's the way they've got me. But um, oh, yeah, I just think, go and, go and beat them. Go and put six past them for a start. You know, you're good enough. You just just show the hunger, show the desire because you might need that somewhere down the line. It's good. It's good practice, isn't it? Yeah. It's 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 good. Um, it's good habits. Scoring goals is good habits. I can yeah. Imagine if we, you know, much been made of the home home game this uh, home games this season, the atmosphere at Goodison, and, and hopefully this weekend it will be it will be positive after all that's gone on. We won in the week, but imagine if we we were coming in to to that game against West Ham on Saturday on the back of a six 0 win or a five 0 win. We've uh, we've been taken over, you know. West Ham are coming to town, so there's a little bit of needle there between the fans, and you're thinking the atmosphere would have been great, but because of, because of the way because of the way we, we finished that game, we're talking about us being poor. There'll be people in the pubs before the game, before they go into the game, talking about us being poor, and, and that kind of jubilation that we've, we've all felt at times won't, won't be quite as prevalent. So, yeah, it's just just a shame we, we didn't put put more goals past them. But I suppose that that's not too bad. No, really. I think we, I think that'll be you know. It's a, there's a there's another. There's another notch on the win column, isn't it? So it doesn't really exactly, matter. it doesn't really yeah. matter that much. But you do want to, you, do, you just do want to see more and more. And no, going no. back to going back to Foons Murray, um again scoring from a set piece. Mm. We look more dangerous on set pieces now because we've got him in the team. He's a genuine threat. Even for the third goal, I mean, obviously his cross was great, mm. but we look we're keeping the ball alive a little bit more on yeah. set pieces now. We're not letting it get away. Where you know, the, think about you know, if you don't score straight away from set pieces. You you you've unstable the team. The team are all over the place, especially a team like Villa. You know, uh, it's a great way of scoring. We've been saying for a while. It's you know with the cheap fact that, goals. Isn't it, it is. It's yeah. the fact that we did, we haven't been you know taking advantage of it is is mad to me. But with Foon's Mario, we've got someone who genuinely looks like he loves scoring. 
from set pieces. Mm. I think that's massive. He's hungry. You know, he's hungry to score goals. He's he attacks the ball in the box. That's it. And I think that's that's a that's a that's a massive thing. There's, there's not many players you can think of in our squad who, who attack the ball like him. Is there really? You know, Luke Luke who's got a little bit better in the air this season, but. He's struggling to think of anyone who goes in with such commitment and aggression and, and, and like you mentioned there, a desire to get on the end of things and, and score goals. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's just, we've scored quite a, a few set-peak goals recently, haven't we? Think back to, uh, obviously, the, the, the game against... Uh, it was Bournemouth who scored from set-piece yet, the, yeah. the corner in that game as well, against Swansea at home, we scored from a set-piece. So, maybe, at last, they might, do you reckon they might, might actually be might working be practicing on it? Them. Yeah, well, you practicing know, you've them, got you know. a threat in there, they might just be practising them. Uh, good luck to him with the but it, it, get paid it, to do what he should be doing. I think he just does deserve credit, Marty, as well, because you know the the, the first few games when he came in, even though he, he was performing quite well, I was always a little bit nervous watching him. And now, even though there are little minor moments in games, I feel a lot more confident when I see his name on the team. She said, "Don't feel so concerned that he's going to make a make a massive error and cost us the game." And next to someone like Jack Elker as well, who who is uncompromising his defensive. Defensive play. Mm. He's more of a, a covering defender who, if more he does leave his position to go and win headers, go and win tackles, he's got the nose to go and go and cover and fill the space. That's a partnership which seems to be working well at the moment, as opposed to someone like Stones mm. who it, it didn't really fit did they, as a pair but very well. I think I, I I prefer Stones as a footballer. I think he helps us the way we play. Mm. But you know, <laughs> he was the way the way he was. In the uh, the games just before he went off the side, you know, he'd been allowed to just do what he wanted, and and um, that should have been on, knocked on the head earlier. And, and the lads now paying paying the price for that, mm. basically. Um, and I, that's one of the reasons I would have been really interested to see him last night because I think he's I think he's an amazing footballer who can literally play in any position. You you know, I've actually said before, I think John Stones could play. Like Steven Gerrard, <laughs> I honestly do. I think he's got everything you need to be that kind of player. Um, you know, he can drive forward with the ball uh, so well. You know, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got everything. But he's just got it in a, in sort of in different measures. Um, but I would love, love love to have seen him play in a little bit of just just in front of the back four last night, last twenty minutes. I don't think it would have done any harm. Got you know, got um, got Gareth Barry off for twenty minutes and just. Just seen him use the ball. He's, he can defend. He can go. Like you know, we all know he likes to get forward. He's great with the ball at his feet as well. So that would have been an interesting thing, and that would have been you know we've we've heard Roberto Martinez say about um, Leighton Baines yeah. being like a Philip Philip Lamb kind of player. John Stones could do something similar, but you know he's got to the, the manager's got to recognise that. And if he really wants to get him in the back in the side, I'd rather he play there than play. You know, right back. I don't want him anywhere near the right back position. If I'm honest, I, mm. I, I, that's a position I'd really like to see him. Do you not? Do you not think you might think we've got enough options in there, Martin? As though as it is, it, it doesn't, really, it doesn't, doesn't really, really matter if we've got options. It's what's best. You know, uh, listen, we could have 27 left backs, but if the world's best <laughs> left back comes available, and we can afford him, then I want to sign him. Yeah, that's, true, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if you, can, you can, you know, you can have. But he might. Well, what I'm saying is, if he might have been looking at that at the weekend and thinking. If, but are there though? Can you? Can, are there are, are there any replacements for Gareth Barry in this squad? Because if there were, wouldn't he have? Played? Well, I'd, I'd imagine if, if if he'd got injured tomorrow, he'd be looking at Bessic, who's close to coming back, isn't he? He'll be, mm. and you've got Cleverly in there as well. Gibson still at the club. He, I'd imagine he'd turn to all of them. Before, he probably before. would, but I, I, but I think that's. 
I, I just, I'm not sure about that though because he, he probably would. I'd, I'd love to see it, don't but I don't think any of them go. are. I don't think any of them are similar players. Mm. Who and I, I think Stones has got a little bit more about him in there. Um, I don't know. He might be able to play that, but I would have just loved to have seen it yeah, last night. I, I, if you're going to try it as well, it's when you, when you're freeing up away to the bottom side, why, why not give it a go? But. I just wondered if he's, if he's thinking if Coleman gets an injury and, and he needs to come in at right back, why why you might have given him a little, a little run out there. But either way, I just wonder brought him on last night. No. And, you know, it, like you said before, it seemed like it was a, a token substitution just mm. to say, you know, we haven't forgotten about you. Here's a few minutes to come on and play. So. Just the arm around the shoulder. But, you know, it, that that that's fine for me that he's not in the team because people people are still scratching their heads about Brian Aviedo being on the side and I don't think he's done anything to be warranted to be taken out the team yeah I think he had another good game last night didn't really put a foot wrong got forward well a few good defensive interceptions and at the moment I think Baines is, should be sitting on the bench until he until his performances drop off then that's when you want someone to come in and, and take your place then hmm. you're not sure on that one Baines all day for me <laughs> that's just I, that's, I, I we have been calling all season for, for players to be played on form no no I agree I just think Baines is is one of the top left backs in the country, and I, I like Oviedo, but he's injured again now, isn't he? I, just, <laughs> I, I, just, some, just, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I just, I, don't, I just stick with personally. I think I don't get it personally. Why Baines hasn't been playing? But, but you know, that's up for the manager to decide. Um, but as you just mentioned, Oviedo could be missing for this game on Saturday against West Ham, and um, it's a big game, isn't it? You know what I mean? We've got three really big home games coming up now mm. obviously West Ham Chelsea in the, in the FA Cup and Arsenal um, it's a really 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 big month yeah. you know at home you'd you'd, fa- you'd obviously any other time you'd fancy three home games but the way it's been lately you're not so sure but with everything that's happened in the last week you just hope that the atmosphere at Goodison now would be a lot lot more collective a lot more positive I think a lot more I think uh, the fans are of Similar mind now. Um, everyone's, you know, without going back to the the takeover, everyone seems to have got what they wanted. Yeah. No matter which side they're on, everyone's got something. So I think I think um, Goodison on Saturday can be a lot more harmonious place. Yeah, and we haven't had a home game for three weeks, have we, I think? So it might have done everyone good to just kind of have a break from Goodison as well. You know, because we, we had that spell, didn't we, really? In January, we had three home games in a week, and we seem to have a lot of home matches. And I know it sounds daft, but, you know, if if, if you're there all the time and the team aren't playing well, you think that becoming the match, sorry, going the match becomes a bit of a drag, and you're thinking, oh, not again. And you're more entitled to have a little whinge when things start going wrong. So hopefully that, that three-week break from, from the West Brom game will, will have calmed everybody down. As you mentioned there, it'll, it'll be a bit more positive. And, and it is a big game because obviously we're recording this on, on Wednesday about about five o'clock. But if, if West Ham were to lose to Tottenham tonight, we, we could go two points behind them with, with a win on, on Saturday. And we'll have a game in hand against them as well. So you're thinking they're getting hailed for having this, this incredible season. Dimitri Payet, the new Lionel Messi and all that. And we we could potentially be we're in touch and distance of them again. And it just shows, even though things are doom and gloom and we haven't been playing very well, it's easily turn it's easy to turn around with, with a few positive results. And it's it's absolutely vital that we finish the season strong at home because it, it will leave a bitter that, taste otherwise. I suppose that's like that is the that is the annoying annoying thing of the season, though, isn't it? Is that you know West Ham have got forty three points, mm. we've got thirty eight, uh, played the same amount of games, and. You look at that and you just think, "What if?" I mean, that's 
that's two puff, that's mm. two games, that's the Bournemouth game and so, it's the Chelsea game. Or so like we're doing the hard bit as well. Like we've lost one to from home all season. That, that's that's I think I, I don't I don't know what's top of my head if this is right, but I can't imagine there's any other team who's got a good away record as that in in the Premier League this season. Can't, you're thinking, can't really imagine, no. you're thinking one loss away from home all season, you should be it should be something similar at home and. Losing six games is just—it's just completely—it's just unforgivable, really. There's only one team who scored more goals in the season, and they—they're sitting at the top of the league. And they played the game more as well, haven't yeah. they? I think. Tottenham yeah. have got the same of us, forty-nine. You know what I mean? It's—it's it's, well. If, the mad thing is, uh, <laughs> Leicester's Leicester's uh, goal difference is twenty yards, is thirteen, and they're sitting top of the league. It's—it's—it's it's, it's mad, isn't it? Small margins, I suppose, but uh, but you know that 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 shows you know. We can score the goals. We just haven't managed to keep them out. Obviously, that's been the biggest problem. But you, know, you just look at a couple of games and think, what could we have been? But, but we're still there and there, there, about. If we can go on a run, hmm. you know that's what propelled us to um, to fifth in in Roberto Martinez's first season. Was that seven? Yeah, it's, seven it's about games, now, wasn't seven it? wins in a row. That was the that was what propelled us there. Because up till then, we were having a. We were having, you know, a decent season, but it wasn't amazing. Those seven games suddenly give us a hope of Champions League. Now, if we could do anything, anything like that, I mean, you've just seen Southampton. I know they've lost the last couple, but before that, you know, they won, uh, they won five out of six and drew the other one, and it, you know, it just, it just propelled them up the league. Yeah. You know, really did, and that's what we need to do now. We need to go on a bit of a run. I know it's tough. The next couple of league games are tough, but you know, we, we I'm sure, I think Sunderland's going to be slotted in somewhere there, and obviously you've got to slot Liverpool in as well, but. You know, you think you just think to yourself, if we if we if we play, we've got to play, um, we've got to play Southampton, we've got to play West Ham, we've got to play Manchester United, we've got to play uh, Watford, we've got to play Palace, we've got Arsenal, to play Arsenal, haven't we? We've got to play, yeah, them, we've yeah. got to play teams in and around us which can make a difference to our season. You know, they're almost like six points or something. Yeah. So, if we can go on a bit of a run and pick up, you know, win, 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 fill, fill that win, win column, then. You know, I know we've won three of the last four, which is really good. Um, after not winning for the five before that, so mm. you know it's mass. It's so it's so important. I mean, draws eleven draws again was still more than anyone in the Premier League, and that's been our real downfall this season. Yeah, and it, hopefully, if you, if you can get on a run in the league as well, you're looking at the FA Cup, aren't you? And thinking, you know, that 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 kind of that positive momentum which you could potentially accrue from that. Could go towards the FA Cup and maybe going going far in that as well. But you know, I mean, it's I, I think it's going to be I think it'll be a really tough game on Saturday. I think they're they're set up to, to play away from home, aren't they? And, and the way they, they sit deep, they play they play usually play three or four centre halves in, in the back four and just try and circle pressure and counter. So it's going to be a test for us in that sense because if you look at how we we toiled against West Brom against the team who just did not want to move from 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 that area and trying to counter attack against us. I mean, granted, West West Ham will be a little bit more ambitious going forward, but it'll be a test for us to see if we can break down a team that are well organised, looking to um, looking to keep us out and, and restrict space between the lines, and who've got a lot of quality when they go forward as well. Yeah, and you know they are organised. The the they're not too bad at the back. They've only conceded, well, they've conceded thirty one, um, but they're a team who plays on the counter attack as well, especially mm. away from home. Yeah. You know, they've picked up wins. Obviously, Anfield, um, the City, Hard. Arsenal, yeah, yeah, Arsenal as well. So they're set up to be in the counter attack, but you never know. The fact that they will be open might just mean they're too open and, and playing to our hands because mm. they they're the kind of teams we like playing against. Whereas when we play against uh, obviously the likes of West Brom, that's it, yeah. you know that's where we come unstuck. So 
But hopefully think, it'll be an open game, and hopefully we'll just might be able to just nick it. I, I think these are quite savvy, though. I think that they'll 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 play they'll play midfielders like Noble and, and Kuyate who are the smart players, and they won't make it a frantic game. And I know you're saying about how it's end to end; it, it might suit us. But I feel as though they've got players who know how to stem the the, the tide of a game as well when it needs. And <clears throat> someone in Payette, obviously, I was just joking about him before, but. He can dictate the course of it, can't he? Knows when to speed it up, knows when to slow it down, yeah. knows how to to, to, to get at defences and exploit gaps in, in defences. So that's something we're going to have to be really wary about. But if it does become an end to end game, then, then you'd fancy us. Yeah. But they are, uh, you know, just get a nice early tackling on him, get the crowd going. Yeah, you know, get, get the crowd going, get everybody up everybody up and hopefully they'll respond to that. But if if, if we sit back and we, we, you know, we don't get after them, we let them have the ball. We make it easy for them, then then the fans will respond in turn. So it's it's important we start well, and it's important we we, we do show a bit of snidiness early on as well. Yeah, and so, <laughs> sorry, I was just looking at the fixes: West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, uh, off of the way, Southampton at home, Palace away. That's actually a, that's actually a, that's actually a tough run. You slot Southampton in the uh, Sunderland in there away, and, and Liverpool away. It's it's it, 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 it looks tough, but at the same time. A lot of those games are winnable, and we've we've got to start showing up against the better sides as well. Because usually you, you, you look at the seasons passing, we've usually beaten some of those sides at home, or yeah. obviously gone to Old Trafford and and won in Martinez's first season. Whereas whereas this year, I don't think we've beaten any anyone in the, in the top top regions of the league. Have we? We've not beaten, not put in a good performance against any of them. And, and you think of these any of these sides come to Goodison, like like you know like like so West Ham, they'll be coming Southampton, Arsenal. You want us to, to, to get a, at least one performance in, in the season where you're thinking, you know, we, we turned up that day against a really good side and we turned them over. Well, we've beaten, obviously, beaten Stoke, Chelsea and Southampton, mm. the three teams immediately above us. Drawn with West Ham, uh, got beat by Man United, a, a draw and a loss against City, a loss at Arsenal and two draws against Tottenham and got beat by Leicester, so... Not much to write home about. No, it, no, yeah. no, nothing really against any of the bigger teams anyway, so... Well... Let's hope for three points anyway, because you know if we can t- if we can win that one, then um, that could propel us for the rest of the season. Do you think there's any chance of uh, Mr. Mashiri being there, or do you reckon he'll, he'll he'll stay away for now? I think I would imagine he'd stay away till till it's ratified. Yeah, probably. You know, because he's not. He's no, not, it's not rubber stamped. It's not rubber it? stamped, yeah. and you know you don't want to. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be all all fine. But you know, you just make yeah. sure he might be. He might be there, like in yeah. incognito. Sitting in the gladder seat, <laughs> yeah, imagine like that. Tony Ibbett was at Oldham. Get, just... get involved in the fans, yeah, yeah. So that, that's taking transparency to a new level, isn't it? If you did yeah, that, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've uh, we've talked this one to death. Another another long podcast. It's better than being on the radio, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> we can save our <laughs> Uh From me and Matt, thanks for joining us on the show. We'll uh, we'll see you next week.